Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Lord, we want to be a house for your presence. We want to be a home. Lord, will you find rest in our presence, Lord, that you come, that you would be glorified, that you'd come and abide, Lord. Let your presence increase, Lord, in, in our church, Lord. Let your glory increase in the Great Lakes region, Lord. Lord, this region needs your presence, Lord. Our country needs your presence. Lord, our churches across this country need your glory. Lord, would you return? Lord, let the, let the glory of the Lord fill the house again. Let the glory of heaven fill your church again. Fill this house. Fill, Lord, our country. Lord, may we be saturated, overflowing with your presence again, Lord. Lord, a nation, a nation of righteousness. Lord, a nation of your presence, Lord. Would you return, Lord? Lord, let righteousness be exalted in this nation, Lord. Let righteousness be exalted, Lord, in your people, in your house, Lord, from the pulpit and the pews, Lord. Righteous living, righteous people, Lord. Make us holy. Purify us, Lord. Let repentance, Lord, let repentance, Lord, come. Grant your people repentance, Lord. Grant, grant, Lord, the church, this country, repentance. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, let the eyes of the blinded be open. Let the minds, Lord, of the confused be cleared, Father, that they would return, return, Lord, to the God of our fathers. Lord, that they would return, Lord, Lord, return to the truth of the word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that our nation again, Lord, our churches, Lord, this region again, Lord, would be a place of your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can go to 1 Corinthians. I was uh, planning on preaching something else, and then last night at about 11.30, God decided to change, go a different direction. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 passage of scripture that you might be familiar with. You know, last week we took a look at the goodness of God and we just, I just had a, a few pages of scriptures and that's really just what I have today. Nothing really special of my own. This isn't, you know, I haven't put together some masterpiece sermon for you today. If you're looking for a, you know, poetic presentation, you're, you know, I, I apologize. You're not going to get that. I won't get that here, but I will give you scripture today. I'm going to give you the word of God today. And uh, I hope that you dive in with me and we just see where the Lord goes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You, my friend, are the temple. If you are born again, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, Paul says, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God has called us to become vessels of his presence. We become the dwelling place of heaven. We are the dwelling place of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're, we're broken vessels, vessels that are cracked, pots that are cracked. We, we, don't, we don't have it all put together. We're not perfect, but yet God calls us to contain, to house, to become a vessel of his presence. In 2 Timothy, Paul told Timothy that there are vessels of honor in the master's house. But we're, here we find ourselves in a place of brokenness and humility, and God chose you, he chose me to reside in for us to become his dwelling place 
Amen. This is absolutely, you know, that song, Lord, prepare me to be. I'm so unworthy to be the house, the dwelling place of the Lord. I am an absolute mess. I'm a wreck before God. He is absolutely perfect and holy and everything wonderful in nature. And here he chooses me. Lord, prepare me. Lord, it's the only way that I could become a vessel of honor for the Master's use. He has to prepare me. He has to take the broken pieces of my life and begin to mold me and shape me and heal me and put me back together to be a place for His glory. Maybe today you feel like you're an absolute wreck. You feel like you're an absolute mess before the presence of the Lord. Good, you're in good company. You're a, you're a vessel worthy of the Master's use. But today, if you find yourself haughty and arrogant and proud in the house of the Lord, saying, look at me, I've got it all together. I'm in good shape. I'm a pretty vessel. I'm a gold vessel look at me. I'm good. I've got it all together. The Lord will push you aside and he'll go to the broken vessels. He always does. He always finds. He always finds the broken. He always finds the hurting. He always finds those that feel inadequate to show his glory. God has always trusted the divine delegates to unusual humans. <laughs> he always trusts the divine things, his, his presence, his glory, his goodness, his love to us unusual, unwelcoming, horrible, wretched humans. He's chosen to use the weak and the foolish to confuse the strong and the wise. Maybe you feel weak today, uh, uh, incapable. He chooses to show His glory through your life. He chose the animal feeding trough to hold His glorious Son. He chose the rugged beams of a Roman cross to hold the body and the blood of redemption. He chose a used tomb to bury the slain Redeemer. He chose men to become the dwelling of His Holy Spirit. He chose an adulterous bride to become His eternal reward. God has always chosen the seemingly worst to display His eternal best. He takes the weak. Lord, prepare me <laughs> to be a sanctuary, pure and holy. Lord, pure and holy, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may come into the presence of our God? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Lord, prepare me. I want to ascend the presence, the hill of your presence. I want to come boldly before the throne of grace today. I want to talk about being a house that God built. I want to talk about being the house that the Lord is building, being the house of His presence today. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you are the dwelling place of the Lord. This is what John Gill says regarding this verse, which kind of jumped through this. He says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in regeneration and sanctification, when he begins the good work of grace on a man, takes possession of his whole person, his soul, his body, and dwells therein as his temple. Now, it is most abominably scandalous and shameful that the body which is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, which is sacred to him as a temple, should be defiled by the sin. <laughs> Now, I, my intention this morning is not to necessarily walk the pews and step on your toes. However, you might feel conviction today, and I hope that you do. Maybe there might be a slight conviction in your heart today. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit who is on the inside of you today will convict you and challenge you and change you and begin to make you more into a holy temple prepared to be the dwelling place of the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4 it says, coming to him as to a living stone rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious. Chosen by God and precious. You also are living stones being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. What is our, what is our duty as a holy priesthood, a, a living stone being built together? We are to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are living stones. You and I are, are brick by brick, mortar by mortar, uh, block by block. 
being built stone by stone into the dwelling place of the Lord. Here's what happens. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Today, if you are born again, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence on the inside of you. Amen. Thank the Lord for the Holy Ghost. Thank the Lord that He has not left us as orphans, but He has sent the promise of the Father. Thank the Lord that I can have the fullness of God living on the inside of me this this is what you and I are called to live this (laughs) this is the life this is the life that you and I are called to live the fullness of God the fullness of God you and I individually brick by brick little individual temples dwelling places of the Lord you know do you go through life realizing that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit When you start recognizing who's on the inside of you, it changes how you think. It changes how you walk. It changes how you talk. It changes your life. You can't live the same. All of a sudden, you don't want the Holy Spirit living in a dirty house. (laughs) You know, I, I, I love to have guests at our house, and we... You know, up to a point. <laughs> I feel like we always overdo it, you know, when we have guests at our house. We always, they're here, you know, two or three months worth of guests. It's never just one or two. We've, since we've been here, two years we've been here, we've had, what, 25 guests, out-of-town guests? Probably more. That was the first six months. Okay, so you can, either we're well-liked or people want to annoy us. One of the two. But when people come to our house and they stay with us, we take time to clean our house. We don't want it to be a mess. We put everything where it should be. We pick up all of Zoe's toys. We vacuum the floor. We bathe the dog sometimes. You know, we, you know, we put the house in order. We get the house. Because how many of you know our house can get out of order sometimes? Your natural home can get up. And so it is with our spiritual home. Sometimes our our spiritual man gets a little out of order. And so we need to take time to set things in order. We need to take time to say, Holy Spirit, you are my guest. You're living on the inside of me. I've become your host home. And I need to have a home that's in order that is pleasing to you. Not shaming my home with defilement and with sin. And what happens is we, we individual stones are being built together into a large tabernacle and in a place, a dwelling place for the Lord. So what is going on in your spiritual tabernacle affects what's happening in this spiritual tabernacle. You can't say, well, I'm, I'm a brick on an island by myself. The Lord will just... You know, he'll stick me over here on the island and everybody else will be built together. You are a part of the house that God is building in the Great Lakes region. So you can't say, well, whatever goes on in my life won't affect the rest of the body. It absolutely does. The same anointing that is flowing into your life affects what happens when we get together corporately. When we worship God together. If you come in with no expectation... No hunger, with sin in your life, living, living in a carnal all week long, carnal state all week long, and you come to church and expect that you're going to step in to what everybody else has experienced, the blessing of the Lord, everybody. It affects what happens. What would happen if you came to church without all the mess, your life in order, expecting God to move, expecting that the lost who are here today are going to get born again, their life is going to get radically changed, expecting that people are going to be healed. What would happen? What would happen? I come every Sunday expecting. I come every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday night. I come expecting that the Lord is going to love on His people because that's what He wants to do. I come expecting that lives are going to be changed. I come expecting that you're going to receive from the Lord. Not this talking bobblehead behind the pulpit, but you are going to receive from God. I don't want to just do one of these. If this is all you're getting today, (laughs) (laughs) this is all you're getting today. 
Not good, Larry. <laughs> That's a phrase from New Orleans, sorry. One of our political leaders, Larry. <laughs> it's not good. You can call him Bob for all I care. It's not good. Turn your receiver on. He's being, he's building. Ephesians 2 says this in verse 19. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. You're not, you're not a foreigner. You're not an outcast. You know, when people say to me, well, I just don't feel like I belong. It's getting quiet in here. Maybe you've said that. Well, I don't feel like I belong. You don't feel like you're belonging because something's disconnected with you and Jesus. Belonging doesn't have anything to do with me or anybody sitting next to you. It has to do with where you're at with the Lord and in your relationship with Him. That affects the rest of the body. Are you a temple being built is the question. If you are, it's quiet up in here. If you're, maybe I should dwell on this for a little bit. If you're, if you're a temple, if you're part of the temple being built into the house of the Lord, it's not up to me to determine whether or not you belong. I'm not the master builder, and neither is the person sitting next to you. Hello. I'm not the one that makes... Don't be offended. Don't leave. I'm just, they're dropping left and right. Everybody's getting up. God is the master builder. He's the one that's orchestrating where you belong and how you belong in the body. Never mind the person on the floor cleaning up spilled water. Having been, yes, praise the Lord. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles, prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone and whom the whole building is being fitted together. You know, sometimes we don't feel like we belong because we have rough edges that are rubbing with another rough edge. You know, I, let me just pause here. I, you know, I'm stuck on this. You can blame the Holy Spirit. Don't get mad at me. Sometimes we, we, we start rubbing. We have rough edges in our life. We have things that don't look like our cornerstone yet. We don't look like Christ yet in certain areas. And then somebody says something to us that just really ticks us off. And you know, church people are the worst. They really are. You know, I deal with them all the time. So if, you're, if you feel like you're the only one, if you feel like you're the only one that gets offended, you need to just come hang out with me for a week. <laughs> Pastor, you don't get offended every day. <laughs> every day. And say, Lord, I love you. You've placed me here, and so I love you. And so, Lord, I'm not going to be offended today. You're gonna, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to walk in love. You know, we all have that opportunity. Hello. Am I just the only one that's self, sinful, ugly, wretched man that I am? Does anybody else understand what I'm talking about today? So when you, when, when you get rubbed the wrong way or somebody, you know, well, pastor, I don't like how you pray for people. I don't either. <laughs> I don't like how you preach. I don't either. I'm my own worst critic. So you can, you can tell me what you don't like about me all day long and I will agree with you. <laughs> Just telling you. So it doesn't allow God to change you. Don't be offended. Don't get mad. Get glad. Get, allow Jesus to transform your life. You know, when, when those things happen, I just, I personally have to step back and say, Lord, what do you want to change in me today? Now, I'm not saying come seek me out and offend me intentionally. Please don't do that. <laughs> but the... But that's my response. Lord, what in me? Why am I being offended by this? What? Why? Why does someone rub me the wrong way? Why do I feel this way? That was a freebie. In John 14, verses 26, 
And 27 says, But the Helper, the Paracletos, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things. Everybody say, all things. This is the Holy Spirit, Greek word parakletos. He has come to be our helper. Jesus goes on to say, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, the parakletos, the helper, to abide with you and I. We have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why? So that he can teach us, bring us into remembrance of all things that Jesus taught. Now, here's the catch to this. If you are not aware of the teachings of Jesus, you might have difficulty receiving from the Holy Spirit. His job is to remind us of the things that, the Holy, that Jesus taught. So the Holy Spirit is our supernatural teacher. He takes what Jesus preached and taught, his lifestyle, and expounds on those things in our life. So if you're not, as Heather was saying earlier, in the Word and understanding the Word, who Jesus is, then you're going to be off. Why, why is it so important to read the Word? Well, let me, let me read Romans 8 because I, I like this. And it all ties together. So let me read Romans 8 for you. Romans 8 verses 14 through 17 says, For as many are, as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? That we are children of God. We have a legal adoption with God. The inheritance of Christ. The, the legal standing that we are His children stands in full effect for you and I. And the Holy Spirit reminds us, tells us, bears witness with us that we are His children. That we are the house, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And if we are the dwelling place, the house of the Holy Spirit, then we are the children of God. Yes. Now what does this mean? It means that you and I can rest in peace and be assured that we are His. There's no, there's no reason to complicate this. If you are born again and the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, He's bearing witness that your salvation is in full effect. Then why worry? Why worry when the Holy Spirit comes to you and says, Hey Jen, we need to work on this area of your life. And He begins to convict us of the defilements and the areas of our life that need change or need healing. Why would we worry? But only cooperate with the Holy Spirit. If, if He's speaking to you, if He's convicting you, then that means that He loves you and He's transforming you into the image of God. So welcome the conviction, welcome the chastisement, because those whom He loves, He chastises. Well, my God, you know, He he's loves everybody. I never questioned His love. He loves you, and so, yes, He's going to convict you. You know, these, uh, let me just pause and just put in a plug here. You know, people carrying around the signs, and we saw this a lot in New Orleans, Jesus hates you, you know, those kinds of things. Well, I don't need to go down that path. You get the point. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is enough. The love of God is chasing after them. He's convicting them. It's not my job to change somebody. If, if, you're trying, if you're spending your effort and your energy trying to change that lost person, change your spouse, change a family member, give up. Just stop. Just stop. Because you can't change them. Do you think if you could, you would have done done it? Wow, that was a quick response. <laughs> Do not look at your spouse sitting next to you. This is not a good time to get elbows. <laughs> Sorry, I should have warned you quicker. <laughs> Allow the Lord to change them, transform them. You know, there, you know, Heather and I, 
when we first started dating, well, we weren't even officially dating. We were interested in each other, but it was interesting because I, I worked, part of my time was working for her because she was our senior pastor's executive assistant. So she oversaw staff in that regard. And then I also was our associate pastor's assistant. So I had, you know, I was split. But how many of you know working for your spouse, can, or not spouse at that time, but someone you're interested in, can be a little challenging? And ask her. She deals with it every day. <laughs> we wake up and say good morning at church, and we say good night at church. I mean, we're always, not really, but we're always together. And so it can be a little challenging. And there came a point where we were butting heads and she wanted me to do it her way, and I wanted it, you know, to do it my way. Neither one of us are stubborn. <laughs> and so, finally, thank God for godly leadership, said to Heather, keep your mouth shut. Did. It doesn't matter whether he does it your way or your way. The job is still getting done. Does it really matter? This is a word for somebody today. Does it matter that your husband fixes the deck how you want him to fix the deck? Does it matter that he does the laundry the way that you want? Who cares if the whites turn out pink? Go buy new whites. I will give you $5 to go to Walmart and get you some new t-shirts. You'll be okay. You will be okay. Does he have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of him? Trust the Holy Spirit. Well, he doesn't listen. And you are not the teleprompter. <laughs> Just allow the Lord to do his job. Sorry, that was a word for somebody. You know, it's good when you get tickled at your own jokes. <laughs> John Gill goes on to say, Which is in you, which you have of God, meaning that the Holy Spirit which was in them, as in his temple, which dwelt in their hearts and influenced their bodies, lives and com li lives lives <laughs> whoo and influence their bodies their lives and their conversations and which thank the lord it's on the screen and which they received of god as a wonderful instance of his grace and love to them that he should be bestowed upon them to regenerate to renew and to sanctify them to implant every grace to make them a fit habitation for god and meet for the inheritance of the saints everything that you need the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is releasing right now. Everything that you need to live a successful Christian life, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is releasing every promise. All grace, 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, and God is able to make all grace. Everybody say all grace. That word in the Greek is the multifaceted, multicolored grace of God. You know, it reminds me of Joseph. You know, Joseph and his brothers, what did his father give him? He gave him the multicolored coat, the many-colored coat. This is a picture of the grace and the favor of God. You have been selected out by all the brethren, all the sisterin, you know, all the people. God has chosen you and placed his coat upon your life. He's placed his mantle of salvation on your life. Rejoice in the blessing of the Lord. Rejoice in the grace of God that's been made available to you. Live in the fullness of God's grace. Allow the Holy Spirit and the grace of God to affect you, to change you. It's not, it's not the wild card that you can play whenever you want to live however you want to live. It is the grace of God that transforms your life. It's the multicolored grace that meets the multicolored sins of your life. It's the multicolored, multifaceted grace of God that meets the multicolored, multifaceted issues of your life. Allow Him to change you. Allow Him to transform you. Hallelujah. And God is able... 
He's more than able. He has all power to do so and the willingness to do it. He's able. He doesn't want you to live in the mess and the junk of your past. He doesn't want you living according to the law of sin and death. He wants you to walk according to the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of you is going to empower you and to equip you to do that. Yield. That's what Romans says. It says, be led by, yield to the Spirit of God. Baby step. If you're dealing with sin in your life, maybe there's bondage in your life. Maybe there's depression or discouragement in your life. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to walk this Christian life. Take baby steps. I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and I I said, you know, it occurred to me. I'm driving down the road, and you'll have to forgive me. But it occurred to me, I'm driving down the road. I love you, so don't take this any place it ought not to go. My wife's like, what are you going to say? I'm driving down the road. And I'm like, Lord, why in the world am I pastoring? What am I, crazy? What in the world? You know, pastors have these thoughts too. You know, it's okay. I'm just being real. Lord, what am I doing? Have you ever felt that way in life? Lord, what am I doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? You have lost your mind, God. And I had that thought, Lord, I have lost my mind. I started thinking back over the, you know, fast. Lord, I have lost my mind. I just moved across the country. You know, I'm looking at things in the flesh. And, and it all started because, you know, our house basement is sinking or whatever it's doing. You know, we just bought this house and we rip all the paneling off the wall. And lo and behold, we have major settling issues that we didn't know about. And we got ants that don't want to go away. And, you know, the air conditioner broke. And, you know, we just keep going all the things. And I'm like, Lord, what? I just moved across the country in this blasted home that's fallen apart. And what? You have lost your mind, God. I can't do this for the next 80 years. I'm going to be a mess. I'm going to die of old age of 40. This isn't going to be good. You know, ever been there? My flesh just rolling. You know, the Lord spoke to me very subtly, and maybe this will encourage you, somebody, today. The Lord just... Very gently, Holy Spirit, remember, temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit said, I didn't ask you to do this for the next 80 years. I'm just asking you to walk with me today. I'm like, okay, I can do that. (laughs) I can do that. Baby steps. Baby steps worship. Lord, I love you today. Lord, I thank you that we have house guests again. Lord, I thank you. We have ants crawling on our counter. I'm enjoying you and your creation. Those things do not die. I'm going to live forever, Lord. I'm going to live forever. Thank you, Jesus, for the air conditioner that's now working, that was dead, it now lives. Thank you, Lord. And my house is built on the solid rock and won't. Be blown away when the wind comes and the storms rise. Thank you, Jesus. Right? You might, you know, it might be a little challenging, but just worship the Lord anyway. All of a sudden, things begin to change. The Holy Spirit begins to stir on the inside of you the goodness of God and the truth and the reality of His presence. He's able to make all grace abound to you. Having all sufficiency in all things. I love this. All grace, all sufficiency in all things. You're covered. In other words, he's got you covered. Is the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? Are you being led by the Spirit of God? Then he's got you covered. Second Peter says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Who reminds us? Who is it that reminds us of who God is? It's the Holy Spirit. The parakletos, Jesus said. He will remind you of all things. May grace and peace be multiplied. May it be exponential in your life by the experiential knowledge of God. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings you you into experiential knowledge and revelation of who God is. And if that be the case, then grace and peace be multiplied to you. Not distress, discouragement, fear, and anxiety. Grace and peace. If life is in turmoil, I have good news for you. 
Grace and peace is available to you at one beck and call. Lord, I need to know you and the power of your resurrection in the middle of this. I love verse 4 of 2 Peter 1. It says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. How are you and I to partake, to participate with, to yield to, be changed by the divine nature? Partake of his precious promises. What are these precious promises of the Lord? That by his blood you are redeemed. The precious, costly, precious promise of the blood of Christ will change you. The power of his resurrection will transform you. The baptism, the fullness of the Holy Spirit will, will re... re <laughs> He'll change everything. <laughs> He'll change everything. Allow the Spirit of God to fill you, to saturate you, to overflow in your life. These great precious promises. <laughs> great. <laughs> How great. How great are the promises of the Lord for your life. How great are the promises. You know, uh, just thinking about this. You've been adopted. The promise of adoption for you. You know, we, we, I really wanted a boy. Baby. You know, I really wanted a boy. Our first baby. I, I knew we were having a boy. I knew it. I mean, we had the name. We had, I mean, we were ready. I was, I want a boy. It's going to be a boy. Bless God, it's going to be a boy. And part of that, you know, I want a boy. But the second part of that is that I'm, I'm the last prosser in our, our line, our family tree. So I'm like, I want, uh, I need a boy to carry on our name, right? I mean, we need a man to carry on the prosser name. <laughs> And then we go to the, what you call those things? <laughs> Ultrasound, thank you. <laughs> Real technical terms here. And they said, it's a girl. I said, you're lying. Check it again. And so the ultrasound tech says, see this? It's a girl. I said, no, you're, mis you're misreading it. Check it again. We've, I, three times they checked. I wanted a boy. And then so we knew we had to have another because, you know, daddy's got to have a boy now. And so, lo and, you know, lo and behold, we're having a boy. But thank you, Lord. You gotta balance out the estrogen in the house, you know? <laughs> the whole point I'm making here is that we needed our surname, our name, the Prosser name to go on. When you're adopted in, God gives you his name. You're no longer identified by the name of your past. You sin sinner, you adulterer, you liar, you fornicator, you drug addict. You now bear the name of God. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption, the spirit that is the Ephesians says, it's like the engagement ring, the seal of promise for our life, is now living on the inside of us. And you are not, you are, you are not your own. You are not your own. John Gill says this, their own masters at their own disposed to live according to their own lust or the lust of men, not with gold and silver, but with the precious blood of Christ as the whole church and all the elect of God are. This proves them to be the Lord's, not only his redeemed ones being ransomed by a price from the bondage of the law of sin, the Satan and the world, but his espoused ones. <laughs> you are his espoused one. Christ indeed did not purchase his church to be espoused, but because she was so, but then his purchasing of her with his blood more clearly demonstrated and confirmed its right unto her as his spouse. He betrothed her to himself in eternity, in the everlasting covenant of his grace. In the, in the everlasting covenant of his grace. But she, with the rest of the individuals of human nature, fell into sin. And so under the sentence of law, into the hands of Satan, and in the captivity of the world, to redeem her from whence, and by doing 
And by so doing, to own and declare her his spouse and his great love to her. He gave himself a ransom price for her, which lays her under the greatest obligation to preserve an inviolable chastity to him and to love and to honor him. You were, you are the bride of Christ. You were under the curse, under the sin Uh, Under the curse of sin, you were under the, the control of the father, your devil, the devil, the father of lies. And Christ came. He stepped into creation for you and I. He became the propitiation, the sacrifice for you and I to redeem us back to God. To make us his bride. To redeem us as his bride. Hallelujah. This is what Song of Solomon says. I have a lot of other scriptures, but I'm just going to jump to Song of Solomon on this because I love Song of Solomon. Chapter 2, verse 8. He's made us his bride. This is a picture of the bride of Christ. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains. He comes skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He's looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. O my dove, in the cleft of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let the let me see, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. This picture, this was the the bride, the 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 woman here, the bride was laying in her bed asleep. And the, and the bridegroom comes leaping upon the hills, comes skipping on the mountains. And Psalms 121 says, I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. She's laying in bed. She's asleep. The picture here is that she's asleep. And she hears her beloved's voice, rise up. I'm coming for you. He's coming for you. He's coming for you, the bridegroom. Your bridegroom is coming for you. And he's speaking to you. Rise. Get up out of bed. Go with me. Come with me. And he finds you. He's looking. He's peering through the lattice work at you. He's looking through the windows watching you. He found you in your sin. He found you while you were asleep. And he's saying, Come a little closer. Come after me. Come after me. Come run with me. Come to the cliff. Come to the cleft of the rock where I can get you into the secret place and the place of my presence. And I can speak mysteries to you. I can sing my song of love over you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this just, maybe it's just me. I just get intoxicated on the love of God every time I read Song of Solomon. It's kind of hard not to. Because here he is. I'm, I'm asleep. I'm dead in my sin and my trespasses and like the little girl in, 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 in the story with Jesus he goes to the little girl who's dead and he goes up next to her bed and says Talitha Kumai get up rise up he's saying to you and I Talitha Kumai rise up get up awake out of your sleep awake out of your slumber and come dance with me come run with me The winter's past. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you've been living in the winter. Everything's dead. The the birds aren't singing. The flowers aren't blooming. You've got the stench of snow in the air and you're like, I'm done with winter. I'm done with this season. I'm ready to get out of darkness and gloom. Your beloved is standing and peering through the window at you saying, rise, get up. The winter's over. It's a new season. It's a new day. You are the bride of Christ. He is your beloved. Dance with him. Sing with him. Let him romance you. (laughs) Let him romance you. You had me at hello, Jesus. You had me at hello. Here I am. You've got me. You've captivated me. I'm lost in your love. Song of Solomon says, I'm lovesick for you. You've brought me to your banqueting house, and I am lovesick for you. Some people say, well, you shouldn't get mushy in church and talk. You shouldn't read Song of Solomon in church. Oh, it only gets better. (laughs) This is nothing. This is nothing. You are to dive in. It gets X-rated in some of the places. I mean, you just got to dive in. Dive into the goodness of the Lord. 
Dive into the goodness of God. Let Him romance you. If you find yourself romanced by God, you won't be swooned by the world. I'll say that again. If you're finding yourself romanced by Him, you won't be easily swooned by the world. You won't be enticed by worldly pleasures because He's captivated your heart. He's... <laughs> Woo! i got to wrap this up. <laughs> i got a lot of notes. i got about three more pages of notes. You want to stay here for a couple more hours? We're good. <laughs> I won't do that to you. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. I love this. You were created by God to glorify Him. Why were you born? Why do you exist? To enjoy God and glorify Him forever. That's why you were made. That's why you were born. Stop stressing over how the expression of that's going to come. Expressions change sometimes with seasons. And sometimes things in our lives that are expression of the handiwork of God, we try to make permanent when God's trying to leave them seasonal. Let me explain this. Sometimes God's going to call you to a particular ministry or a particular area of service in the church. Maybe he's called you to clean the toilets. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And you, you feel called to help clean the church building. Thank the Lord. And you're going to come and you're going to clean the building. And you're going to make sure you can see yourself in that toilet. You're gonna, it's going to shine. And you're going to see your face in the walls, in the mirrors. Everything's going to glisten. And that you're serving. And then sometimes the Lord says, hey, it's time to raise someone else up to take that opportunity. And so you just kind of step aside and say, okay, Lord. Somebody else is going to be that expression and work in that expression. Lord, what, where am I going? Where am I going to express? Sometimes the, the handiwork, Ephesians 2.10, that we are God's workmanship. We are his poema. We're his masterpiece. He's painting the details of our life. And when God switched brushes, don't tell him to pick up the old one. Sometimes he's painting intricate details of our lives. And we want him to use a big brush and paint everything green and yellow and bright colors. And sometimes God picks up a small brush and he starts to go to the very fine details of our life. Things that we don't want him to look at. Things we don't want to see. Things we don't want him to paint. Come on, anybody hear what I'm saying? Things we don't want him to touch. And he begins to go into those fine areas of our lives to edit the details of our life. Up close, those fine little details are seemingly annoying as he's doing them. But when you step back and you look at the painted picture and you say, wow, what a masterpiece. Only God could have done that. God is orchestrating the details of your life. You are his masterpiece. In John 15, verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified. If our life is to glorify God, how is he glorified? That you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. How are you and I to be fruitful? We can't be fruitful unless we find our enjoyment in God. We have to be abiding in Him. We have to find enjoyment in Him. We have to stay connected to Christ. Find your satisfaction in Christ. Fruit is the result. And Jesus said in verse 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. What's up with all the laughter? What's up with people laughing when they get touched by the Lord? This is what's up. The reality of enjoyment of God has set in. The reality of enjoying God in his presence has set in and fruit is the result. Joy is what you and I get. The overflow of enjoyment of God is fruitfulness. I get the joy, he gets glorified. And the fruit is the product of enjoyment. That's how it works. God is most glorified when you are most satisfied. <laughs> Be satisfied in him. Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How are you to worship the Lord in your body? All times glorifying Him. Allow Him to use you. What is, how do we glorify God in our spirit, man? Romans 12 tells us what our spiritual service is. It says, therefore, 
brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You're being sanctified. You're being transformed by God. This is your spiritual worship. Our physical worship is the expression of who God is in our outward man through our resources, our time, our talents, our, our singing, our song, our dance. But our spiritual worship is being changed on the inner man. You worship God outwardly and you worship Him inwardly. It's really easy sometimes to profess things outwardly, but Jesus said, their heart is far from me. This is the difference. There's two elements of worship. You can say a lot of great things about God, but is your heart affected by Him? I can say, Heather, you look beautiful today, and in my mind be thinking, whoo, I wouldn't wear that again. By the way, she does look beautiful yes, today. She, she walked in my office and I thought, whoo, she's a movie star. She had her sunglasses on. She's my pregnant movie star. Look at her. <laughs> Be changed on the inner man. 1 Corinthians 10.4, I'll wrap up with this. Pastor Grace, you all can come back. 1 Corinthians 10.4 says, And we all drank the same spiritual drink. They drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that was Christ. Spiritual drinking. Drink of the Spirit. Wednesday night, we took a look at drinking in the river. The Spirit of God, have another drink. <laughs> have another drink. Drink of the Spirit of God. Have a big drink. Please have a drink. You'll be changed on the inner man as you drink of his spirit. It's funny. When you drink of his spirit, you don't need to drink anything else. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> let, 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 the, let the shoe fit where it needs to. But when you, drink, when you drink of the Lord, you don't need anything. When you're romanced by him, you don't need the things of the world. Things change. Yeah. Hallelujah. Lord, prepare me. Can we sing that? To be a sanctuary. Come on, help me out. Pure and holy. Let's stand together. Tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary. We're getting ready to receive communion today. The ushers can get ready. But let's sing that again. Lord, prepare me. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.